Hey, this is Sarah Marie, and you're listening to the Soul of Worship, Are You Making a Sound podcast. Here, we study the Word of God in an effort to get to know Him more deeply so we can worship Him more authentically. In the Soul of Worship online Bible study community, we are currently deep diving into the book of Psalms and unlocking the power with prayer and praise. To make these studies more readily available, I will also be loading the audio from our weekly lunchtime live recaps to the Soul of Worship podcast. If you'd like to join our Monday night Zoom discussions or get the PDF downloads, you can register at www.soulofworship.com forward slash online Bible study, or you can create a login to the workshop, our online learning portal at soulofworship.com forward slash workshop. Thank you for being here, and I pray that God speaks to you throughout today's class. God bless everybody. Sarah Marie here, Soul of Worship Ministry for our Wednesday Lunchtime Live, our weekly recap of our online Bible study series. We are in the Psalms. It has been such a good time so far. This is only week two, but these this topic really pumps me up. And so I am so thrilled to be spending this time with you all today. And I'm sure you'll be able to see just how passionate I get about praise and worship and power and in 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 song in the word and in his presence and so 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 good so God bless you all today um thank you for joining if you're joining us um on Instagram or on Facebook please be sure to say hi in the chat let me know where you're joining from uh so that way I can just see where everybody is logging in from so God bless you Gidget I see you um good she says good afternoon Sarah and everyone joining us today good afternoon Gidge. I'm glad that you're connecting here now um all right so I'm going to pray because I know we're a little bit delayed in getting started, and then we're going to jump right into today's study. So Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your love and your mercy that is new every single morning, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity that once more, Lord, we get to be able to come before your presence, that we are able to open up your word and receive from you, that we're able to sit and dine with you this afternoon, God that we're choosing this lunchtime to not only feed our bodies, but feed our spirit, God. And I know that you are, are pleased when we spend time with you, when we meditate on your word day and night, there is blessing there. That's what we talked about last week. And so Lord, we're taking this time, we're taking this hour to meditate on your word, to, to understand and to grow deeper in our relationship with you and to mature in our walk. And Father, I pray that you would just do whatever it is that you need to do, God that you would speak to us, that you would speak through us, that you would allow your word to go forth. Lord, I pray over the technology. I pray for all the connections to be um, clear and that this Bible study would not have any disruptions whatsoever, God, and that you would continue to move in a mighty way through this ministry because it is your ministry, Father God. And Lord, I thank you and I give you all glory and all praise and all honor. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we pray all things. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you, Tanya. Good to see you over there um, on Instagram. Um, amen. So here we go. We are jumping in, unlocking the power with prayer and praise. This is our study in the Psalms um, outline of our discussion today. We're going to start talking about David. Now, this is just an introduction to King David because there is so much that we can dig deep here, um, but we're going to do a little bit each and every week. And so we're going to Talk about David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. And then we're going to take a couple chapters out of Psalm 3, bounce around a couple of David's psalms, and focus on the theme of God is our shield. He is our protection. Um, after that, we'll talk about some key takeaways that we want to be sure that we're um, applying some of this to our lives, if not all of this to our lives. And then we'll talk about some next steps, some announcements, maybe some sales coming to the solo worship ministry um, shop. And then and of course, as always, we spend some time in prayer. So feel free to let us know in the chat if there's something that you would like for us to unite with you in prayer, to come in agreement with you. Um, whether you can stay the whole time or not, feel free to put it in the chat at any time. All right. So before we get started with this week's discussion, I want to do a quick recap of where we left off last week. So what did we learn last time? What are the, what's the kingdom key? Because right, we're discovering the keys of the kingdom through the Psalms because we want to unlock the power um, of God. And so the first kingdom key that we were talking about last week is that we need to do what? We need to get in the word and we need to stay in the, in the word. Psalm 1 tells, tells us the secret, the, the key to a blessed life, to a life of, of content, of happiness, of blessings upon blessings. And that is through meditating on the word day and night. And so intimacy with God through deep prayer, through deep praise will unlock God's power in unimaginable ways. It will open up our, our minds and our lives to the very power of God. And so a blessed person does not listen to bad advice, does not walk down paths or sit in places that are ruled by ungodly customs or ungodly behaviors. Instead, a blessed person delights and meditates in the law of the Lord. And when we do that, we shall be blessed. We shall be successful by the Lord's standards, right? We will be firmly planted and deeply rooted in every single season. And most important, we will be able to stand in the day of judgment and we will have a seat at the Lord's heavenly banquet table. These are the promises because the ungodly, they're like what? They're like shaft. They, they get blown away by the wind. When, when difficult seasons come, they cannot stand. And so we don't want to do that. We want to rescue as many of those that we can and bring them to sit at our table. But we also need to be sure that we're living lives that give us the opportunity to live saved here on earth and then enter the kingdom of heaven. Amen. So that is, um, you know, why I think it's a great opening to the Psalms because the Psalms worship through song and prayer is a great way to meditate on the word of God, right? It is a great way to uh, continue to keep his word on your lips, that you continue to sing a song all day long about how good he is, how awesome he is, how victorious he is. And when you do that, you're constantly, you know, having at the forefront of your mind, the power of God, amen, and the word of God, and it's powerful. And so that is why I think the Psalms are so powerful. Um, and so we're going to keep digging in there. 
So who's ready for for today? Who's ready for this week's study? That was just a recap of that got us started last week. And so again, we're going to start talking a little bit about David. Um, I'm going to give you a quick overview of his life, some of his challenges. Um, but know, again, that we're going to be continuing to dig deep into his story, into his life. Um, and so this is certainly not everything. This is just an introduction. So out of the 150 Psalms that we have in our Bible, we know for sure that David wrote at least 73 of them. Okay. And that's because these, there are 73 of these 150 that have a little little notation that say a Psalm of David or a prayer of David. And so 73 of them for sure written by David. There are certainly some that say that they're written by the sons of Asaph or written by Moses or written by others, um, even uh, somebody named Ethan. And so we know that there are others definitely attributed or other psalms definitely attributed to other people. But there are also some psalms that don't have a note. And so a lot of scholars believe that those may also be written by David, but they didn't have that notation with them in the scrolls, wherever these were written, right? Parchment paper. Um, and so that being said, we know that the majority of them, though, are written by David. And so who was King David? Uh, so again, there's so many aspects of who he is. King, shepherd boy. He, you know, he's a mighty warrior. He is, you know, uh, just so many different areas. But three that I want us to focus on is number one, which I mentioned already at the beginning, is that he is the he is known as the sweet psalmist of Israel. So 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 1 describes David as so: the son of Jesse, the man raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob and the sweet psalmist of Israel. And so um, I found this, and this in 2 Samuel 23, this is actually a preface to the final words of David. And so to think that above all, right, what were the things that described David the most? That he was the son of Jesse, son of his father, that, he, that God raised him up, that he was anointed by God to do what? to worship him, that he was the sweet psalmist of Israel. The fact that he was worshiper was paramount in his life. It was the deepest characteristic of who he was. Does he? Do they mention the fact that he's king and warrior and shepherd? Yes, those were all, all aspects of who he was, but those weren't the most important. The most important was who his father was, who his God was, and his role as worshiper. I think that's so powerful. I don't know about you. Uh, we also know that David was described described as a man after God's own heart. Um, it says it in Samuel as well, but also it is reiterated in the New Testament in Acts chapter 13, verse 22 says, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he, meaning God, gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. This is God. God said he is a man after my heart, right? And so this is how he is described by God himself as a man after his heart. And so that is so, so powerful. But above all, we have to remember that King David and or shepherd boy David, however you want 
to describe him. He was still a man who made mistakes, right? The Psalms give us a deep look into his heart, right? It gives us a deep look into the heart of a man who had highs, who had lows, who had victories, who had defeats, but he loved God and he worshiped God throughout all of those. He worshiped God in every single season. When he was, at, again, in his high victories or in his lowest moments, he always turned to the Lord. And for that reason is why I believe that he is a man after God's own heart. That's why he was described as such. And so what does that mean? What does it mean to be a man or woman after God's own heart? Well, it says it right there in Acts 33, 22, which I read to you, or 13, 22, as I read to you before. David said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. And so a man after God's heart is someone who knows the desires of God's heart and then carries that out, right? That does the things that please God, that aligns their actions with what they know to be in alignment with the heart of God, right? You, it's someone who knows the desires of God's heart and carries out his will. And so why is it or how is it that David knew these things? How did David know the desires of God? How did David receive the revelation of God's heart? I believe it's because he invested so much time. He invested his time in intimacy with God through his radical worship. And I say that it's radical because he wrote so many songs. He created instruments to, to praise God. He danced before the Lord in a way that people thought was undignified. But he did all these things day and night, turned to God when others said he should, that he, no one would help him, right? He still went to God every single time and worshiped him and praised him. And that is why it is considered radical to our everyday standards, right? And so, but it is that that allowed him to see and understand just the fullness of God's presence because he spent so much time there, right? He knew the benefits. And so there are so many kingdom truths that are revealed through David's Psalms, not only even to mention the fact that so many of the Psalms that David wrote become what we call messianic, which we're going to actually spend probably a couple classes uh, talking about those specific Psalms because they point to Jesus. Um, and so again, revelation of a time to come, of a son to come, of a, of a salvation to come. Um, but there were also so many truths of, of just this intimacy with God. And so a few kingdom truths that I want to point out is that, that David knew that God longed for intimate relationship with his creation, right? God, he knew that God delighted in obedience rather than sacrifice of animals. Remember, that's how you worshiped God then. You sacrificed animals. But, but David received a revelation ahead of time, right? He was ahead of his time by knowing, hey, that doesn't actually matter to you. What's more important is that I just come before your presence and that I give you a sacrifice of joy, that I give you, that I dance before you, that I sing before you, that and do to, to know your will and to carry it out, that is what you desire more than anything else. 
David also knew that God never turns away a broken and contrite spirit. He knew that even when he was guilty of horrible sins, that God would not turn him away. He knew that there was nothing that could separate him from the, from the love of God. Things that we are, you know, verses and revelations that we get from the New Testament, David is telling us them through the songs that he wrote thousands of years or hundreds of years earlier, right? And so what does that give us? That gives us the idea that through his worshipful life, he was revealed kingdom truths. And we too can be revealed kingdom truths when we live in an atmosphere of deep worship and deep praise. David also knew that the best place to be is dwelling in God's presence, worshiping the beauty of his holiness, right? That's from Psalms 27, such a powerful one that I love so much. I just desire to be in the house of the Lord. This is it. This is all that I want to do is to be close to God. And so David was revealed the power of worship and praise because he saw firsthand the benefits of having that close, intimate relationship with God. He knew that with God, he could do anything. He knew that without God, he would be nothing. He knew that he would be left in his pit of despair if it wasn't for God who would come and rescue him. He knew that there was no place that he could hide from the presence of God. Again, such deep kingdom truths that we can rely on today because David released these words in his deepest moments and intimate moments with God through his prayer and through his praise. Hallelujah. And so again, I'm going to go through a little bit of David's journey, um, but we're going to continue to build on this in the weeks to come. So we know that David was anointed as king at an early age. They assume, or we can assume maybe around 10 or 12 years old. And you can read more about that in 1 Samuel chapter 16. So God knew his heart at that young age. He knew David. And how did he know David? Because David spent time in solitude. He was tending to the sheep. He was communing with God. He was playing his harp, not for big audiences, but for an audience of one. And how can we know this? How do we know that we can picture David in these fields, right? L playing his harp, worshiping God, and taking care of his father's sheep. Because we also know in that same chapter that he's anointed, 1 Samuel chapter 16, that he was known as a skillful player of the harp. And we also know that he was a shepherd because even when Samuel came to his house, his father's house, he was out in the field. He wasn't even lined up with his brothers. And so you don't just wake up one day and play an instrument with excellence, okay? And as a shepherd, you also don't leave your sheep alone. So it can be assumed that while David shepherded his father's flock, often alone on these hillsides and on these valleys, that David carried with him his harp and he worshiped God so often that he worshiped God day and night that he became excellent at it and so excellent that people knew that he was a skillful player and so when King Saul needed someone to come and comfort him to come and drive away the evil spirits that were around him it was the anointing on David it was his excellence in worship that he had already 
fine-tuned and developed in the secret place that allowed him to become and use his talents for the glory of God in a public place. And so again, it was years of intimacy, right? Samuel anointed David, but David went right back to the field. He was anointed to be king, but he didn't become king in that moment. It was only after spending years in intimate worship before God alone that God even allowed David to then share his anointing or share his talents. As I mentioned before, later in 1 Samuel 16, we see that David is summoned to play before King Saul and the worship that David released, his flow, his ability to play that harp, it released or that, that he released, it set Saul free from the evil spirit that tormented him. You see, the anointing that David carried went beyond the oil that was poured on his head. He had an anointing from living a life in intimacy, and oil is the currency of intimacy. Don't miss that. Oil is the currency of intimacy intimacy. The oil that David received in the spirit and stored up in his lamp was in exchange from his intimate time before the Lord. The more he spent time with God, the more he grew in his revelation of God. The more time that he worshiped God, the more that he could understand, the more that he was anointed by the Holy Spirit before the Holy Spirit was given to all believers. This was again ahead of his time. And how did he receive that? He received it in exchange for his intimate worship before God. And so now because he spent that time in worship, in prayer before the Lord, he could now withdraw that oil. He could now withdraw that power to do God's will of setting people free. When we spend time with God, when we pray, when we worship, when we praise, when we read his word and meditate on it day and night, we are fueled up. We are able to fill up our, our lamps with oil so that when, so that even if the, if the bridegroom is delayed, when he comes, he does not catch us by surprise, but instead we got enough oil burning up to keep us going, to keep us through those, to endure to the end. Amen. And so before Goliath, right, we know the story of David and Goliath. It's one of our favorite stories to teach our kids. We love it so much. We know it well. But before David was able to overcome this giant, David was a worshiper right? We even talked last week that the promise of, of meditating day and night on the word of the Lord was the command that was given to Joshua before he could take his, take Israel into the promised land, before he can be the mighty warrior. And so again, before we could, we wage war, we got to know how to wage war in the spirit. We got to know who we are in God first, and we have to become worshipers. David was bold and courageous because of who he knew God to be. David could go against any giant because he was confident in God's ability to fight the battle on his behalf. David's lifestyle of intimacy and making music before the Lord unlocked God's power over the lion, over the bear, over Goliath, over and many enemies because he had many after that. 
If we want to be bold, if we want to be courageous, if we want to be giant slaying warriors, we must also put in the time to worship God with prayer and praise. It's what unlocks his power. It what allows us to stay standing. It is that time that we invest in his presence. Hallelujah. And so after even more years of development, David finally becomes king. And what was the first thing that he does in his new role as king? David seeks out the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represented the very presence of God. And he has it brought to Jerusalem so that David could just be close to the presence of God. Right. He's like, hey, if I got to be on this on this hill in Jerusalem, I want to be sure that I'm going to be close to the presence of God, because with God, I can be successful. But without God, I cannot. So David establishes what we know as the tabernacle of David, which was simply an open tent that housed the Ark of the Covenant, that housed the very presence of God. And then David appoints about four thousand. You count all the people, 4,000 worshipers to minister to the Lord day and night. Again, sound familiar? Yes, from Psalm chapter one. Day and night worship, day and night um, meditation, day and night worship through prayer and praise is what delights God and it releases God's blessing over our lives. And so I've said this before, and I'll say it again. David was a full-time worshiper with a part-time job as king. David was a full-time worshiper with a part-time job as king. He had his priorities straight. He knew that if he could dance before the Lord and sing before the Lord and minister to the Lord day and night, and if he gave God the focus and he spent time in his presence and sat in his tabernacle, that he could then have the keys to success in his role as king, right? How often do we do this backwards? We're full-time whatever, right? We're full-time contractors. We're full-time police officers. We do everything else, our jobs. And then we see if we can squeeze a little time into worshiping God. And then we wonder why things don't go the way that we want them to go, but we are not prioritizing sitting in his presence. And I say this and, and I point all my fingers back to me, right? This is not just, um, you know, an admonition or yes, I'm not just admonishing everyone else. I'm saying me too, that we prioritize so many other things above spending time with God, even doing good things, right? Sometimes I struggle when I get that time in the morning that I'm like, okay, do I read the Bible? Do I take a shower? Do I, you know, get started on laundry? Do I work on that blog post, you know, for the, for the ministry, right? But all these things, was, he reminds me, just sit with me, just take a deep breath, just praise me, just worship me, do this first. I am more pleased in you sitting in my presence than you writing a thousand blog posts without my presence, right? Like it is about meditating on him and slowing down and realizing that he, spending time at the feet of Jesus, being a Mary instead of a Martha is what pleases God. 
And yes, we're going to have to do other things. We're going to have to do the laundry. We're going to have to feed the kids, right? But it is about making sure that worship to the Lord, sitting in our secret place with God, is done first and above all things, and that we keep going to it. We don't just check it off our list and forget about it the rest of the day. Oh, well, I spent my 15 minutes with God. I'm good to go. He's happy with me. Now I'm going to keep on going, right? And then we never go back to it. My, as, as a busy mother right now, homeschooling mom, trying to ministry leader, all these different roles and hats that I have, my goal is that I'm constantly singing, that I'm constantly meditating on his word, that I'm memorizing scripture with my kids because I'm depositing it in them and I'm depositing it in me too, that I am listening to worship music or listening to a, you know, a podcast or a preaching while I'm doing the dishes, that I'm able to constantly meditate all day long so because it makes me a better person it makes me a better mom it makes me a better wife it, it everything else is better when I'm in an atmosphere of worship and so again worship was his priority David knew that God was worthy right he did it not for the benefits but because he was worthy because he knew that God was worthy of being celebrated and he was worthy of being ministered to constantly because David prioritized the worship and ministry of God above all else. God blessed every area of his reign and rule. David had unbelievable victories in battle. The kingdom of Israel was transformed, not only militarily, but also economically throughout David's 33 year reign as king. And sadly, there were there was a history of kings afterwards that didn't always do right in the eyes of the Lord. But anytime a righteous king brought back day and night worship and prayer and ministered to the Lord according to the way that David did it, when they said, let's go back for the sake of, 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 of doing things the way our father David did it, God's people had a resurgence of governmental success. This 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 prior having worship as the priority the service of god as the priority it allowed blessings to flow in every area including governmental and so this is why we need to that's why god is calling for his church to rise up in this day in this day as true worshipers who worship him in spirit and in truth so that way there can be a resurgence of god's power in our governmental systems so that there can be the 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 freedom of the holy spirit that there can be the power of the holy spirit Spirit, ministering to people day and night, that people wouldn't be so confused of who they were, so that people wouldn't be, um, you know, completely giving in to their fleshly desires, or wouldn't be, um, you know, just in bondage and in depression and committing suicide and killing each other and all these different things that honestly the the works of the flesh that we see all of the evidence of that but instead that the fruit of the spirit is what would flow in and around our families and our homes and our work and our communities and in our country when we keep worship and praise directly to god as the priority in our lives, not to sound pretty, not to impress a crowd, but just to glorify God Almighty. God is delighted and he releases the 
fullness of his power, his glory, and his presence over every single area of our lives. These are the rivers of living water that we talked about last week, rivers of life that flow from a lifestyle of intimacy with the Father in every single season, every season, even in the good ones and in the tough ones, because not all seasons are fun. Not all seasons are easy. And with that, I want to take us to Psalm chapter three. And so Psalm chapter three, I'm going to read verses one, all the verses one through eight, but we're going to focus on the first half of it today. So first of all, the note at the beginning of Psalm three says a Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son, Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no hope for him in God. Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. Selah. I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord. Save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. Selah. So before I keep going, Selah is some scholars can debate over what it really means because it doesn't perfectly translate from the Hebrew, but most can understand it to be a pause, a time of reflection, a time to just sit and think, even in the song, like a musical interlude, right? To think, what did I just say? What does the Lord want to say, right? And so we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. But also the subheading for this psalm is important for context. A psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. So this, this subheading gives us critical information to help us understand the song that was written. First of all, we know for sure that this is one of them that was written by David. And we know when it was written. It was written when he was fleeing from his son. This might be the first psalm specifically attributed to David, but it's not his first psalm written, okay? Unfortunately, the psalms are not organized in chronological order of David's life, so this is why the subheadings are so helpful, okay? This is actually probably in the middle of his reign as king, okay? And so we see that this is actually a low point for David, right? At the writing of this Psalm, David was in a great deal of trouble. His own son, Absalom, led what seemed to be a successful rebellion against him because he wanted to take the kingdom from his father. Absalom was very successful in persuading the people that he would actually make a better king than his father, David. So many of David's previous friends and his previous associates forsook him and joined the ranks of those who troubled him. So many, many are those who trouble me. And so David was forced to flee from Jerusalem. But where does he go? So this story and all the details are found in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 15, 16. You know, you can see all that happens. 
But according to 2 Samuel 15, verses 30 to 32, and this is just a summary of what happens here, David crosses over the brook Kidron. He went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives. He's weeping, right? He's crying. He's suffering. His head is covered. He's barefoot even. And he had come to the top of the mountain. Here's the interesting part. He came to the top of the mountain where he worshiped. It is in this moment that this psalm is written, right? When he's fleeing and coming to the top of the mountain where he worshiped. So David was lamenting the situation. He was, you know, many are those who, you know, uh, who trouble me. Many of those who rise up against me and they're, they're saying that there's no help, that you're not going to help me even. And so David may have appeared to be running away from his son, running away from this, um, you know, this betrayal, but he was actually running to God, right? He looked like he was running away and fleeing from his son, but he was running to the presence. He was tearfully escaping to go worship the Lord. Again, reading, I just read it, but I'll read it one more time. Lord, how they have increased to trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. Selah. He was feeling awful about those who troubled him, especially his own son. But even worse of a hit is the fact, is the thought that God wouldn't help him. There is no help for him in God. That's what they're saying about me. But then he pauses, Selah, he pauses to reflect. He takes a moment to be silent, to hear from the Lord. In other words, he was saying that those against him were pretty much saying you're hopeless. Not even God can help you now. But again, that accusation, that accusing thought made him stop and reflect. And that pause gave him the opportunity to shut down that lie. And he shuts it down with truth. Starting in verse three, he says, but you, oh Lord, are a shield. See, that pause allows him to then speak the truth. He allows, that moment gave him the reminder of who God is. But you, oh Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the one who lifts up my head. Again, that's Psalm 3.3. So what's the truth that David declared in his moment of great despair? He says, but you, they're saying all this stuff about me, but you are my protection. You are a shield for me. David doesn't actually pray for help. He doesn't say, can you please shield me? No, he confidently declares what he knows to be true. He says, I do have help in the Lord because I already know him as Adonai. I already know him as the Lord. I know him as my shield because since I was a boy, I worshiped him. And since I was a boy, he he, he, what did it say in verse seven? Actually, he says, you trucked all my enemies on the cheekbone. So I know, and I'm going to declare a matter of fact. The fact is that you are a shield for me and you haven't stopped being a shield for me, no matter what my enemy is saying, even if I'm in a place where my son is betraying me, right? 
David decided to go and hide in the presence of God. Remember, he went to a place where he worshiped God. This was a common place that David went. So his son surely could have found him. It, it was the mountain he always went to worship. But even though it was a place that he always went to, God covered him and protected him because he decided to hide in the shadow of his wings. David was confident that his key for success in this moment wasn't to lean into his sorrow. It wasn't to lean into his fear. It wasn't to even lean into these feelings of betrayal, but it was to hide in the shadow of his wings. He ran to God first. God as our shield is first revealed to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, verse one. God, it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. See, the blessed person who knows how to meditate, like David knew how to meditate on the word at all times, can be reminded of God's truth and God's promises when we run to his presence, when we are afraid, because he ran um, ran to the Lord, ran to worship him, said, this is what's going on, going on, and then sat for a moment in his Selah moment. Then God was able to remind him of who he is. David's song poured out to God on the, on this mountain in the middle of the night. It pulls from this promise straight out of the mouth of God. Don't be afraid, David. I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. It sounds just like what he says in verse three. You are a shield for me. You're my glory, my exceedingly great reward, right? You're the one who lifts up my head. And so that's the same thing that can happen when we run to God first. When we run to God first and we just present our case. And then we sit and pause and wait for God to speak to us. And then the Holy Spirit reminds us of a truth. The Holy Spirit reminds us of what God has spoken. The Holy Spirit reminds us that he is God, that he's got him, that he's got you, that he's protecting you, that he's guiding you, that he's your source, that he's your deliverer, that he's your shield, that he's your strength. And that's why it's so important that even in our times of worship and prayer, that we pause, that we sit and listen, that we be still and know that he is God. And so God being our shield is such a powerful truth that I want for you to be reminded of. In his writing called The Treasury of David, Spurgeon writes of the word shield, and he says, a buckler roundabout, a protection which shall surround a man entirely, a shield above, a shield beneath, around, within, without, and within. What a great um, explanation of what the shield of God is. It's an all-around protection. Then the root word of shield in the Hebrew is uh, ganan, and it suggests to defend, to cover, to surround, 
a hedge of protection on all sides. So I want you to say it with me today. God is my all around protection. He surrounds me to cover me, to defend me, to hide me from my enemies. This is who God is. He is your all around wraparound protection. And so this truth, it was a key to David's victories. And this truth can be a key to your victory, that God's got your back, that God is a shield to those who trust in him, that do not fear, but put their trust in the Lord. God shall be your shield, that you don't put your trust in chariots and in other things and in possessions. But when you put your trust in the Lord, God is your shield. David also mentions this many times in many Psalms, just a couple of Psalms here in book one, because we're focusing on the Psalms in book one. Um, Psalm 5, 12 says, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. So the Lord blesses the righteous with favor. He surrounds us with favor all the way around because we choose to be righteous, because we choose to walk on the right path, because we choose to believe in Jesus, that Jesus is the one and only Savior. How do we receive righteousness? It's through Jesus. Jesus makes us righteous. It's through his blood that he shed on the cross, that we become righteous. And so if you're a child of God, if you've been washed by the blood of Jesus, then you have favor surrounding you like a shield. Hallelujah. Psalm 28, seven says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. Here's that word again. My heart trusted in him and I'm helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise him. Again, those were both Psalms of David. So David is saying, this is a reason to sing. This is a reason to worship. God is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our song because he is our shield, because he is our wrap around protection. It is appropriate to verbalize our praise in song form when such an awesome and gracious God intervenes in our life in this way. Psalm 18 is also another super powerful um, Psalm of David that we're actually going to study more in depth in a future class, but I wanted to bring verse two up to you today because it once again describes God as a mighty deliverer and shield. So Psalm 18 two says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. 
Now that verse is powerful. We could sit here and dissect that whole verse for an hour because there's like seven different things that he's describing the Lord as. But I want you to remember that God is your shield. He is your defender. He is your deliverer. And if you continue to trust in him, if you continue to praise him, if you continue to worship him, he shall be all these things to you. He shall be that rock that you can stand on. He shall be that force where you can hide. He shall be that deliverer who will cast out and away everything that is tormenting you. He is your strength when you are weak. He is your shield who protects you on every side. He is the horn of your salvation. He is your weapon of defense and he is your stronghold. He is what keeps you standing. You shall not be So going back to Psalm chapter three, verse three, he continues to say, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. This is the second part of David's rebuttal to the lie that God would no longer help David, right? The people might say, I'm a hopeless case, but you, God, you lift up my head in honor. David was once again declaring that even though he had to walk out of Jerusalem, with his head down, with his head covered, weeping and even barefoot, that David will not be humiliated by his enemies, that he will no longer hang his head low in shame because God is the one who lifts up his head. He is my glory, right? I don't glorify myself. I glorify God. And I get all, everything that I am, everything that I do, every victory that I've had, it's because of you, God. You're the one who lifts me up. You're the one who shields me. You're the one who protects me. And so even in this moment of sorrow and betrayal and fear, God's, uh, David says, you, God, but you are my shield. Psalm 27, six, another favorite Psalm of mine, David says, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, here's another therefore, therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Therefore I will sing. Again, David released songs of praise through every emotion, through every trial that he went through. And David had many enemies, and yet God delivered him from them all, even his own son. So let's grab hold of this kingdom key that we always got to make time to worship. I want you to continue to picture the fact that David was fleeing for his life, that he went up to the mountain to worship while his son was trying to overtake his kingdom. He ran up to the mountain, okay, barefoot and crying, but he went and he worshiped God in the midst of that trial. This is a kingdom key that we need to grab onto. When things are going perfectly well, Praise him. When your plans fail, praise him. When you feel surrounded by troubles on every side, sing, dance. When you're so close to victory or you're having to hide in his presence, pray to the Lord. Right? Going back to 27.6, he says, therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy. 
Even when my enemies are surrounded, I'm going to sing and dance in your tabernacle. I'm going to sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. I'm going to rejoice even when my enemies surround me, because in reality, what's what do we say before? God, you are surrounded, right? It reminds me of that song that says, um, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you, right? It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. So this is what we got to do when we feel surrounded by enemies on every side. We can offer sacrifices of joy. We can sing praises to the Lord because the reality is that God is your shield. And that if you worship him, he's going to activate that wraparound protection on every single side. And not only do we have kingdom key number one, always make time to worship in the good times and in the bad, but also worship the truth of God to quench those fiery darts of the enemy, right? Quench the fiery darts of the enemy with the shield of faith. We got to declare the truth of who God is and allow him to shield you on every side. David said, they're lying about, they're saying this about me that you're not going to help me, but I know the truth. And so he was able to, to quench that fiery dart with the truth of God. And that became his shield. Ephesians chapter 6, 16, when it talks about the Ephesians chapter 6, talks about the full armor of God. And verse 16 says, above all, above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The fiery darts from the wicked one are going to tell you that, that you're hopeless. The fiery darts of the enemy are going to tell you that it's too late for you. The fiery darts of the enemy are going to tell you that God's word's not going to come to pass. The fiery darts of the enemy are going to tell you that no one is here to help you. But instead of listening and allowing those darts to penetrate you, to get into your head to cut into your heart you're gonna lift up the shield of faith and you're gonna say no i know who my god is i know that god is my shield i know that he's protecting me i know his word will come to pass i know that my case is not hopeless and instead i have the protection of a mighty mighty god using the word of god the truth of god to squash out those fiery darts. And you know, back in, I remember, um, I think it was my dad who shared this with me once, that the shields were before um, warriors at that time would go out to battle, they would actually soak their shield, I guess it was like make, made of kind of like a leathery protection also on the front of it, and they would soak it in water, because they knew that the arrows were coming flaming, right? The, the arrows that were shot by the enemy in these, you know, more ancient type battles, right? Um, they put fire on the end of them, right? They lit them with fire and threw them at the opposing enemy. And so the shields that were wet <laughs> could easily, right? You would block yourself from the hit, but it was to also put out the fire because they were soaked, in water. And so that's the imagery that you should have here is that when you lift up the word of God, it, it, it quenches that. That's what it means. Quench those fiery darts that the living word of God, right? The, the, wa the living water of the Holy Spirit, that the truth of God just quenches those fiery darts right out. 
And so how does this song end? Psalm three, it is so powerful. We are actually gonna dissect the second half of this Psalm next week. And we're gonna talk about the promises of a God who sustains us through trials, that gives us sweet rest in the middle of storms and hears us and saves us from his holy hill. There's more to come in this story and in this Psalm that we're gonna talk about next week. So based on what we talked about today, what are we taking away from it? How do we practically apply this to our daily lives? So tell me, tell me in the chat, what are you taking away from today? In the chat, how powerful, amen, my wraparound protection, yes, Lord. We got a couple of amens on Instagram as well. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you're in agreement with the truth of God's word. So again, take a minute to let me know in the chat what you are taking away from today. And I'll give you a couple of, <laughs> couple of pointers as well. Things that I hope you're taking away uh, from our discussion. I know we covered a lot and I got a little fired up. But from our conversation at the beginning, I want you to remember that oil is the currency of intimacy. You want to be anointed? You want to flow in the anointed of the spirit of the living God? Then you got to store up some oil in your lamp by living a lifestyle of a worship and prayer. Every time that we spend time with Jesus, we receive oil that we can deposit into our lamps. We receive anointing. We receive the substance needed to keep the fire of the Holy Spirit ablaze in our lives, right? Holy, we talked a whole year about the Holy Spirit moving through the book of Acts and on the believer. And so if you want to keep your fire burning, you know what burns up a, a lamp? You know what burns up a fire? It's oil, okay? That keeps it, whoosh, right, really going. And so we need that oil from the Holy Spirit, that oil from the Lord. And it comes from intimacy. And so this time invested in God will prepare us for the assignments ahead. Also, in the face of adversity, let worship be your first response. In any case, when things are good, when things are bad, when things are everything in between, let run to his presence. Run to the presence of God. Even if people think you're, you're escaping or you're avoiding, no, I'm running to God and I'm getting instructions from him. Hallelujah. Know his word so that you have a rebuttal to the enemy's accusations and lies. The enemy will accuse you. The enemy will lie to you. And you've got to know the truth so that you can compare what you're hearing from the enemy to what the truth of the Lord is right? I'm reminded right now, um, I'm not sure if it was my mother who told me this, or even I think Belang had told me this the other day, or not the other day, probably a little bit ago, but the way when you, when you work at a bank, right, you kind of, and, and you have, you know, you're touching bills all day long, right? You know what the real thing feels like. So when a counterfeit bill comes through, you can easily identify it as a counterfeit because it doesn't feel, it doesn't smell, it doesn't have the same substance as the thing that you are constantly touching that you know for sure is real. You got to study the true thing in order to be able to identify the counterfeit, okay? And so when you are constantly in the word, when you're reading this and you're touching it and you're feeling it and you're letting it penetrate in your mind, you know what the real thing is. So when the lie comes, you can easily sniff that out. You can easily touch it, test it and say, no, 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 that is not true. I need to go back to 
what I know to be true because I'm in it day and night. Hallelujah. Also, sing to the Lord. This is the song I want you to sing to the Lord this week. You are my shield. You are my protection. You are my defense. I am protected on every side because God is my wraparound protection. And I encourage you to actually sing before the Lord. I had a couple people reach out to me and tell me that they applied that from last week and just started singing the words, singing Psalm 1. And they encountered the presence of God in a way that they never encountered before. Even someone who knows the Lord and, and, and is in the word as much as um you know, that they, they're, they, they know what the presence of God feels like, but singing the word unlocks something in them. They even sent me a three minute video, right? Of them singing the word. And it was beautiful. It was powerful. It could, it could be a, a top 100. It was beautiful. So I encourage you to get out of your comfort zone, whether you can sing or not sing or whatever you consider yourself to be, sing to God. It will take you to a deeper different level in your worship before the Lord. And that's the lyric. The only lyric you can, you want to sing is you are my shield then sing it. You are my shield. You lift up my head, right? This is just any tune you want, but literally sing to God. I encourage you to do it. All right, before we go into announcements, I do want to pray to wrap this, this segment up. Heavenly Father, I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for your reminders. I thank you for your convictions. I thank you, Lord, for your revelation and wisdom and power that is revealed through your word. Lord, I thank you for these kingdom keys that we're just we're, we're digging them up from your word, Father God, and I believe that they're going to be life-changing kingdom keys, Lord, life-changing things to unlock your power over our lives. Lord, I pray that every single person listening and who will listen will be reminded that you are their shield, that you are their protection, that you are the place that they can hide in, that you can run, that we can run to you in every situation, in every circumstance, and we will be met with truth. We will be met with confidence. We will be met with, with strength and with um, everything we need to overcome the battle. And even though this battle and this situation is a difficult one for David, we see that he still worshiped you and he still sang and he still wrote it down and said, this is what I released to the Lord in one of my horrible moments, in one of my deepest moments, darkest moments. This is what I still sang to God. And Lord, may we be able to, to stand on these words, stand on this truth, Lord, no matter what we may be going through. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, couple of announcements. And then um, if anyone has any prayer requests, please feel free to put it in the chat. Um, that way, by the time I get to the announcements, the prayers are already there since um, there is a little bit of a delay between um, when I can see comments and the live. So please feel free to do that now, even if you're watching this on a replay. Um, I know I also later load this up onto the workshop as well as YouTube. Please feel free to still leave a comment. We're monitoring comments. We're looking at them. We're, um, you know, responding. And so I encourage you to do that.
All right. So if you're officially registered for the online Bible study, meaning you put your name and email on my website, then you should have received yesterday evening uh, the email with the PDF download. If you didn't see it, go and uh, probably get fish me out of your spam folder. Uh, and if you want to be able to receive those weekly emails, um, then please do register at soulofworship.com forward slash online Bible study. I also have the link pinned to the Facebook Live. So if you want to take a look at that, just click on it quickly and you can get yourself in there. So you get the reminder emails. You'll also get the Zoom link um, because we do... Uh, first have a Zoom discussion on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Um, so if you want to join that, please feel free. If not, we're here every Wednesday at 12 o'clock for the Lunchtime Live weekly recap, um, again, via Facebook Live as well as Instagram Live. I'm also loading these up to YouTube after the fact and also on the workshop. Um, and so our workshop is the online learning portal. I would encourage you to make a login so that you can go back and grab the downloads, grab the journal entries, the note pages, um, this whole presentation. And then you can also see the video or watch it again and have it all in the same spot. So feel free to, again, do that. And you can find all that information at soulofworship.com forward slash workshop. Uh, next week, we're going to do the second half of Psalm 3, as I mentioned before, um, and talk about how salvation belongs to the Lord. Um, and it's going to be good. So please feel free to join us. So yes, we will have Bible study next Monday. If you don't already connect with the Soul of Worship ministry, I encourage you to follow on Facebook, Instagram, Apple Podcasts. I've mentioned the workshop already. Please feel free to make a login so you can get access to not only this Bible study, but also all the other Bible studies that we've done over the last couple of years. They all have the PDFs loaded in there as well. Um, if you would like to support the ministry, you can sew into Soul of Worship at soulofworship.com forward slash partner, or you can support the ministry shop at soulofworship.com forward slash shop. Um, and speaking about the shop, I'm actually going to be announcing this afternoon, a Thanksgiving closeout sale. So I know you probably got a billion emails and you're inundated with Black Friday sales, but I want to let you know that, um, I'm going to be doing a 50% off a sale, everything on the shop. And so what that will do is whatever you put into your cart at the end, I'll even let you guys know ahead of time. If you put in the discount code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, in, in spelling it out, five letters, 50, you'll get 50% off your entire cart, okay? I'm trying to um, make room for new things for next season, make room for... Um, just new ideas that are brewing. And so if you want to take advantage of that, again, I'm going to officially announce it this afternoon, but since you're on here right now, I'll let you know, 50 F-I-F-T-Y discount code for 50% off. And it's actually already active right now. So if you want to go ahead and take advantage, you can do that. T-shirts, um, my, my books even, and it'll even work for the worship course. The worship course is, um, is a $27 um, gift to the ministry. But if you use the 50% off coupon, again, F-I-F-T-Y, you will get 50% um, off. So your gift will only have to be $13.50. <laughs> and you can get access to the full um, worship course, which again, is an opportunity for you to learn more about the power of worship. Um, if you just want the book, soulofworship.com forward slash book. Um, and, or if you want the 
the book and the video lessons for worship. Are you making a sound? It's a 12 week Bible study course. You can go to soulofworship.com forward slash course. And again, I'll be putting all the announcements out for the discounts uh, and it'll be active between now and Monday while supplies last. <laughs> but lastly, how can I pray for you? So um, I see a couple requests over on Instagram. So we'll certainly be um, do lifting up those prayers. And if anyone else has a prayer, please feel free to add it into the chat. Amen. 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 All right, let's start on Instagram. So yes, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you once more that we're able to come before your presence. We thank you, God, that you, you hear us, that you hear from your holy hill, God, that when we cry out to you, Lord, in our with our loud voice, that you do hear us from your holy place. And we, we know that you respond to us and that you shield us and protect us and give us answers and um, anything we ask in the name of Jesus Christ um, shall be done according to your will. So God, we come in agreement with uh, Mama Pops, my mother-in-law. She does prayers for peace throughout the world. Yes, Lord, we pray shalom peace to come about this entire world in every place, in every organization, in every, you know, community and state government and every local government, state, um, you know, every place, Father God, country level, national levels, Father God, you know, worldwide levels that you would move among your people, Father God, that you would rise up your Holy Spirit filled um, believers to impact these regions, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would save um, people, that you would transform people's lives lives so that they no longer want to act out in violence, but instead that they would want to please you and that they would be filled with your love and that you would transform them, Father God. So we pray for mass deliverance over people. We pray for mass salvations, Father God. We pray, Lord, for you to move in a mighty way. We pray for dominion over all chaos, um, over our, our cities and our schools, Father God, our young people, Father. Lord, we pray for we pray against every spirit of division. We pray against every spirit of chaos, Lord. And we pray that you would just come against every spirit of violence and, and murder, Lord. Lord, we pray that you would transform lives, that you would stop these acts of violence, or that you would send someone who is filled with your Holy Spirit to stop these things, Father God, Lord, to, to intervene in people's lives. That, Lord, we pray that if anyone wants to pick up even a gun this weekend, Lord, that they would not be able to, that you're your angels would block them from being able to do that, Lord. Lord, that they would have a change of heart, that they would have a change of mind. Lord, I pray for peace over our families, especially as, as people spend time together, Father God. Lord, I pray for families, for, for reconciliation. We pray for homes to be filled with your presence, with your love, with your comfort, my God. Lord, we also pray for those who may be grieving or lonely or sick and struggling and during these times of year, Father God. Lord, we, we thank you and, and, and we glorify your name, Father God, for what we do have. And we pray that everyone would be able to, to take hold hold of, of this season of gratitude and but but live lives of gratitude all year long lord but lord we know that you are close to the brokenhearted you are close to those who are mourning and who are who are not well father god and we pray for you to come and do what only you can do lord for you to be their strength and their shield and their protection and their refuge during this time father lord we thank you 
We pray that everyone would be able to have a happy and safe Thanksgiving this week, Lord. Lord, we also come into unity with Sister Gidget's um, request. Lord, we pray for her uncle that lives in Florida. Lord, we pray for Roger. Lord, he's been having this double vision, this dizziness and other health issues. Lord, we come against those things right now. Double vision in the name of Jesus must go. Dizziness must go. And every other health issue must go from his body right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, Lord, touch him with your Holy Spirit, touch him with your healing hand, Lord, release your healing virtue over Roger right now, Father God, Lord, we pray over these medical testings that are coming up, Father God, we pray, Lord, you bring sight to the blind, you correct vision, Father God, Jesus, this is what you did to many when you walked this earth, and we're believing right now for correction over his eyes, for correction over his vision, Lord, that he will not only be able to see physically, but spiritually, Father God, remove every scale from his eye and allow him to see your hands and your power in his life right now, Father God. We believe and trust that you have Roger in your hands and that you will do a mighty work in his life. We believe it and we trust in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we pray all things. Amen and amen. All right. I think I captured everybody's uh, prayer requests. Um, again, I just bless you all in the name of Jesus. I pray you have a wonderful rest of the day, wonderful Thanksgiving week with your friends, with your family, um, and just continue to draw near and continue to give God thanks because he is always worthy of our praise. And we believe and we trust that he will continue to provide for each and every one of us. Yes. Hi, Sarah. She says, amen. We trust and we believe. Yes, yes, yes. We trust and we believe. So thank you, God, that we have a place to run to when we need you. Amen. All right. I love you all. Have a great week and we shall talk to you all soon. And I'll see you next Monday and next Wednesday <laughs> and every day in between probably. <laughs> all right. Bye guys. As a reminder, this Bible study is available as a four-part PDF download on my online learning portal called The Workshop. To download this study with all of the notes and scripture references, please go to www.soulofworship.com forward slash workshop and join our community. The link is also in the show notes. Are you walking through a season of barrenness? Do you need to stir up spiritual growth in your life? In worship, are you making a sound? Author Sarah Marie Popolo shares praise and worship that will transform your walk with the Lord. You'll gain new insight into the powerful tool God has given you in worship. Walk through this 12-week Bible study and learn how to use your voice to declare God's promises over your life and watch your desert flourish into a garden of praise and triumph. Available at Amazon, your local bookstore, or at Trilogy.tv. All right, that's it for today's episode. Don't forget to follow the Soul of Worship Ministry on Instagram and Facebook and join the email newsletter so you never miss out on new Bible study resources and live Bible study and worship events. Find it all on www.soulofworship.com. Until next time, keep on praising.